0: Welcome to Seattle Mennonite Church. This morning, this is the second in our worship series in which we are listening to and learning from Black theologians and preachers and pastors, both from within the Mennonite Church and ecumenically. Um, This morning we're having an opportunity to listen to Glenn Guyton, who is the Executive Director of, of, not of Seattle Mennonite Church, of Mennonite Church USA. He's been the Executive Director now for a couple of years, and I'll say a little bit more about that when we introduce his sermon regardless of where we are this morning, regardless of uh, where in the country, where even in the world, we are on the land of indigenous people. We are gathered on the first, on the land of the first peoples of this continent, and here in Seattle, that is the Duwamish. We're grateful to have their witness uh, in this city, uh, continuing to thrive and lead as the Duwamish nation. They have their, their base here in Seattle at the Duwamish Longhouse, And I encourage you to visit their website to learn more about them, to pay real rent. And I invite you into the call to worship for this morning. Your response will be, come Lord Jesus. And Pastor Megan will lead in that response. From Bethlehem to Nazareth, from Jordan to Jericho, from Bethany to Jerusalem, from then to now. Come, Lord Jesus, to heal the sick, to mend the brokenhearted, to disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed, to cleanse the temple, to liberate faith from convention. Come, Lord Jesus, to carry the cross, to lead the way, to shoulder the sin of the world, to take it away. Come, Lord Jesus. Today, to these places and to the space between us as we gather in this way. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's continue our worship with our gathering song.
1: Good morning. We're gonna, I guess we're going to be singing You've Got a Place um, for a few weeks anyway. So, join me and uh, sing away. If you uh, step into the bathroom, you'll get really good reverb. Okay, here we go.
2: You've got a place at the welcome table. You've got a place at the welcome table some of these days. Hallelujah. You've got a place at the welcome table, you've got a place at the welcome table, some of these days. We're gonna feast on milk and honey, we're gonna feast on milk and honey some of these days, hallelujah. We're going to feast on milk and honey, we're going to feast on milk and honey some of these days. We'll give thanks at the welcome table, we'll give thanks at the welcome table some of these days. Hallelujah. We'll give thanks at the welcome table We'll give thanks at the welcome table Some of these days We'll come home to the table We'll come home to the welcome table Some of these days Hallelujah God. We'll come home to the welcome table We'll come home to the welcome table
0: Some of these days Some of these days uh, In the movie night that I joined this past week, uh, we watched the movie Major, about a movement for, uh, uh, well, particularly about the activist, Major Griffin Gracie, did I say her name right? I'm looking at Megan, Uh, who's a uh, Black trans activist and has been for many years. And when I heard this song during one of the scenes in the movie in which activists are marching and celebrating, it was just delightful to hear that song and be reminded of how wide God's welcome table is. We light our peace candle each week to remember that wide open welcome table and to acknowledge that we both witness to and participate in God's vision for a just peace for all of creation. This week, I want to name and honor the lives of two good ancestors, John Lewis and C.T. Vivian, whose very lives are a witness to God's just peace, whose lives are a witness and a call and a reminder that, uh, that it's, it's okay and in fact necessary to get into a little bit of good trouble in the way of just peace. And I, I honor and with this candle, uh, give thanks for their legacy of just peacemaking in the way of Jesus.
2: Oh, and I just blew it out again.
0: And together we pray. We long for a just peace. We pray for a just peace, and we choose to live for a just peace. Peace be with you, and also with you. Um... I was planning this week for our children's time to read a book called Amazing Grace, which I'm going to have to save for this week because I forgot it. So I found another book. Lovely. I have a good collection of, of stories on my shelf, um, even though I have most of them at home. Uh, this week I want to read, speaking of ancestors and uh, getting in good trouble, <laughs> this story, uh, this historical, this story uh, from history called The Drinking Gourd. Um, One of the things that I think about as a white person um, is that it's easy to feel guilty. It's easy to feel ashamed of my white ancestors and the ways that white people have treated black people throughout history. One of the things that I like about this story in particular is that it recalls that as white folks, we don't need to be stuck in feeling shame and guilt, even though those feelings point, those are, those are okay feelings to have, and they point to the ways that we should act going forward. That we also have white folks in history who worked for justice, who worked for freedom. Uh, and this is a story about one of those folks from the Quaker tradition. So, Follow the Drinking Board is a song that was also a secret, kind of. Peg Leg Joe, there he is. Peg Leg Joe was a traveling man. He enjoyed hot, muggy nights walking down dirt roads. He enjoyed meeting new people, but most of all, he loved to sing. His favorite song was Follow the Drinking Gourd because it was a secret map that helped uh, enslaved people in the South find freedom in the North. Peg Leg Joe worked as he traveled from plantation to plantation in the South. Sometimes he built shelters, sometimes he worked in the fields, but at night around the campfire, Joe sang, follow the drinking gourd to the enslaved people. Listen closely, Joe said. This song is a map to freedom. When the sun comes back and the first quail calls, follow the drinking gourd. The old man is waiting to carry you to freedom if you follow the drinking gourd. Now, Joe went on. We all know, what sound, know that quails make mating calls in spring. Days get longer in spring. This should tell you when to escape. Spring is best. Peg Leg Joe pointed to the night sky. Follow the drinking gourd, follow the drinking gourd. The old man is waiting to carry you to freedom if you follow the drinking gourd. See that big dipper in the sky, Joe said? That's the drinking gourd. See that really big bright star directly above it? That star always points north. Enslaved people knew what north meant, freedom. The river bank will make a mighty good road. The dead trees show you the way. Left foot, peg foot, traveling on, follow the drinking gourd. Listen up, Joe said, this is important. The first river in the song is the Tombiggy River. Follow that waterway. The water will help hide your scent. Slave catchers and their dogs can't track you in the water. Joe picked up a stick. He drew in the dirt and said, I mark dead trees on the path like this. He made a picture of a left footprint next to a circle. Tapped his wooden leg and chuckled, the circle is my peg leg. The river ends between two hills, follow the drinking gourd. There's another river on the other side, follow the drinking gourd. When the Tombigbee River ends, Joe said, you will see a mountain. From a distance, it looks like two hills. The river starting there is the Tennessee River. Stick to the left side of that river, it points north. Peg Leg Joe knew this was a lot of information to remember, so he quizzed people about what, what the words meant. Who is the old man, Joe asked. He's you, a child said. He's a preacher, one woman answered. I know, a man said, he's a Quaker. Joe smiled, all of you are right. There may be many helpers along the way. When the big river meets the little river, follow the drinking gourd. The old man is waiting for it to carry you to freedom if you follow the drinking gourd. The rivers in this part of the song are the Ohio River and the Tennessee River. The two rivers meet in Paducah, Kentucky, Paducah near Kentucky's border with Illinois. Do you know what is in Illinois? Tegleg Joe asked. At this point, it got quiet around the campfire. Faces glowed. Some people laughed. Some cried. But they all whispered the same thing freedom. And there's an opportunity to learn more about the drinking gourd. You want to. Those are some good ancestors, for we who are white, to remember how to keep following and working in the way of Jesus. And we're going to follow, as it turns out, a river in our next song.
1: So this is As I Went Down to the River to Pray. It's an American folk song.
2: As I went down to the river to pray Studying about that good old way And you shall wear the starry crown Good Lord, show me the way Oh, sisters, let's go down Let's go down, come on down Oh, sisters, let's go down Down to the river to pray as i went down to the river to pray studying about that good old way and who shall wear that robe and crown good lord show me the way oh brothers let's go down let's go down come on down come on brothers let's go down down to the river to pray As I went down to the river to pray Studying about that good old way And who shall wear that starry crown Good Lord, show me the way Oh, fathers, let's go down Let's go down, come on down Oh, fathers, let's go down Down to the river to pray as I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear that robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, mothers, let's go down. Come on down. Don't you want to go down? Come on, mothers, let's go down, down to the river to pray. I went down to the river to pray Studying about that good old way And who shall wear that starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way Oh, sinners, let's go down Let's go down, come on down Oh, sinners, let's go down Down to the river to pray
3: The first scripture this morning is from Genesis, chapter 28, verses 10 through 22. Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night, because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay it down in the place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring, and your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread towards the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put under his head, and set it up for a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz at the first. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat, and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house and of all that you give me, I will surely give one-tenth to you.
4: Our gospel scripture this morning is John chapter 20, verses 19 through 22. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God.
0: Thanks be to God indeed. <laughs> as I said earlier, Glenn Guyton came to his role as executive director of MCUSA in 2018. He had been working in the convention planning team of MCUSA, um, and for a long time before that, uh, working within the church, doing anti racism work and other kinds of work within the church. Uh, he'll tell you some of his own story in his sermon, but one of the things that I find quite inspiring about his story and the many folks who come to Anabaptism from outside who weren't sort of cradle Mennonites is the way that the story, that the nonviolent way of Jesus has has compelled and uh, been an inspiration to those folks and a reminder to those of us who are already within the church um, can take for granted that, how awesome the trans that transformation can be when we, when we turn toward the nonviolent way of Jesus. So as, he, as we receive his word, I pray that we as a community can um, connect to his story to find that connection. I pray for him and m- many other, uh, the many other leaders within our denomination who are working to challenge uh, the Mennonite church in the way of nonviolence and in the way of, of anti-racism Um, And that they are uh, trying their best to create a just community, both within the church uh, and without it, and that we as a church may be leaders in that way. Uh, Megan is going to share the audio, and I think that the screen will have it. some questions. So we don't have a video of Glenn, but we do have these questions, which I invite you to reflect on as, as you hear Glenn preach.
5: Well, good morning, everyone. It's nice to be out here in sunny California. I do live in Texas, so it's often sunny there, but it's oppressively sunny uh, at, at, at times in, in uh, San Antonio. But let's just open up with a word of prayer. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your many blessings. God, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, and uh, his grace and mercy in our lives. We're so thankful for the call that you've placed on each and every one of us, the call that you've placed on this ministry, this community. God, open our hearts, open up our minds, open up our eyes, God, so that we can see opportunities in this world to serve you. We're so thankful for how you've blessed us, God, and we pray that as we go about our daily lives, we will have the opportunity to be blessings to others. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, thank you all for having me, and thank you for the wonderful gifts that you've blessed me with. I didn't expect to get a gift. I did expect snacks. That's the only thing that I'm a little disappointed uh, about. (laughs) Then you all started talking about pie. You know, I have a rule. If you start talking about pie, there better be pie available. (laughs) But I will excuse that because you did give me something to gift and so I I thank you and I appreciate that. Uh, And I've I've actually felt quite welcome here in in California as kind of my my first introduction to this role in Mennonite Church USA. Actually, I've been a part of Mennonite Church USA for 25 years, can you believe that? I was a young man, I had hair when I first started. How how, how old are you, sir, how old are you? See what you have to look forward to? (laughs) Well, today I'm going to uh, speak on uh, journeys. And anytime I, I, I talk about our faith journey as Christians, I'm reminded of the story of Jacob at Bethel. Now, Jacob was a, a trickster, if you know anything about the, the story. He stole a birthright from his, his brother Esau. And, you know, him, him and his mother were kind of in cahoots in all of this. And eventually, even though Jacob had the blessing, he had to run away. He had to find a way to escape. And if you have your Bibles or your app or however you uh, do this, if you have memorized the word of God on your heart, (laughs) I'm gonna just kind of pull out some things from Genesis chapter 28. Uh, And you may be familiar with this story, Jacob's dream at Bethel, you know, Jacob's ladder. If you go to uh, verse, chapter 28, verse 12, it reads, as he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway at the top of the stairway stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of your father, Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants. And then as you continue to read that, that, uh, chapter, that, that, that section of scripture, then Jacob just, oh, he realizes, okay, I, I get it now. Surely the God, God was in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. God is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. And he was also kind of afraid, he was overwhelmed of what was going on, but he saw God and he saw this stairway, this path to heaven. And then Jacob did, like most of us do, As people, we've received the blessings of God. We've gotten to a good place in our life and and God is is using us and and, and he's called us to do some things. And we're in it. We say, "Okay, God, I feel you. God, you're right here. I'm in your place. I'm in Bethel. I'm in your house. And then we start putting conditions on it. Now, God, God didn't say, Jacob, I need you to do this for me. But Jacob said, verse 20, then Jacob made this vow. If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely, conditions, if, 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 then the Lord will certainly be my God. Wow. You got a gift, and then you put conditions. I'm not putting any conditions on the gift that you all gave me. I'm going to take it. I'm going to put it in my luggage, and I'm going to dare TSA to take it from me. As people of God, we often find ourselves over our head and in situations that we can't control, and that makes us fearful. And That's probably what was going on with Jacob. We find ourselves in an unexpected place. I say unexpected, but often it's our choices that put us in certain predicaments, and maybe it's our tricky nature and other things that we've decided to do along the way that complicate our lives. So I'll share with you briefly, since I'm new into this role, and people always ask me my story, so I'll share this with you, a little bit of my story and how I found this Anabaptist faith. Like Jacob, I was somewhat of a trickster growing up. If there was a joke to make or a prank to perform, it was me doing it. In fact, at one point in my life, I thought I was going to be a comedian. And in spite of what my wife may say, I think I'm funny. I think I'm a funny guy. <laughs> I, I also felt the, the call to ministry early on. And, and some people might think the comedy and ministry are probably related, right? Uh, they go hand in hand. Uh, but I ran away from, from ministry, I honestly did. Because pastors, they don't make enough money. And I want to be rich. I uh, studied Japanese in, in uh, college. I can't speak a lick of Japanese, but I did study it. I was going to be a salary man. I don't know if you all are familiar with that expression, the Japanese businessman. I, that's what I was going to do. And uh, and I actually I'm going to go to J- I want to go to Japan in a couple of years to go to the Olympics, and so I'll maybe test out some of my old Japanese to see see if it was worth the three years that I spent taking. <laughs> and like Jacob, my mother was very influential. Uh, in my faith formation and me me growing up, and my brother was probably a little crazy. He's a Presbyterian pastor. Uh, He is a little crazy, but he's 10 years older than me, but we get along now. (laughs) Eventually, I decided to go to the United States Air Force Academy. That's where I went to college. Was I running away from something? Maybe I was fleeing mediocrity. Uh, maybe I was unconsciously running away from this divine call that God had on my, my life. Uh, but, you know, the education was free. I would have a good job at the end of the deal. And other than a good government, government job where you get three hots in a cot, you know, prison is probably the only other place that gives you that deal. <laughs> so even though uh, we are in an Anabaptist community, I think the Air Force Academy was a little bit better choice in prison. They give you a nice uniform and a you know, sentence, both of them do. But eventually, by the grace of God, um, you know, I told you I wanted to be a comedian, but oddly enough, the Air Force Academy and I had different senses of humor. So uh, there were some times where I, I had to call my mom and say, "Mom, I don't think they're going to let me graduate from this place. She said, Son, you need to do what, you, what they tell you to do and stop doing what you want to do. Uh, but eventually I graduated, and I became an Air Force officer, and I thought I had my life all planned out. You know, I was a young, what they call butter bar with the gold, gold uh, bars on my, my shoulder. I got stationed at uh, Langley Air Force Base in Virginia, and uh, I used to work out. I know you don't believe that, but I did, I used to work out. <laughs> used to work out faithfully every, every morning, and I saw this young woman. And so I had my lines all ready. I said, well, you know, I, you know I'm new in town, and, uh, you know, do you go out? Do you hang out? She said, well, i go to church. I said, well, you know, I've been looking to go to church. And I actually was. That wasn't a lie. I was raised in church. I was looking to get back because I knew I needed Jesus. Um, so I went back to church. and I went to church with her, and it turned out it was a, a church that had been planted by the Mennonites, Calvary Community Church in Hampton, Virginia. And, uh, you know, eventually I decided to rededicate my life to to Christ, started going to that that church, um, learned about the Anabaptist history, married that woman, had a child, and left the military as a conscientious objector. Now, so I'm leaving out a lot of the details, but um, I'll save that for another time when there's pie. But the main point of this story is, is that God, God calls us to strange places in strange ways. We can aim ourselves in a certain direction with certain expectations or lock ourselves away in fear. But that, that doesn't mean that we will escape our Bethel. So let's fast forward to the story of Jesus after he appeared to the disciples following the crucifixion. And that's the scripture that was shared uh, at the beginning uh, this message from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 22. And we see the disciples locked away in fear after the crucifixion, wondering what's going to happen with them. And then Jesus, just like God appeared to Jacob, Jesus appears to the disciples and says, Peace be with you. He actually told them that twice. Then he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. After the crucifixion, we see the men with a unique calling on their lives, just locked away in fear. They were afraid of the things that were going on in their world. They were hidden away just like Jacob to a place that they thought was far away from God. And the funny thing about this story is the women were out doing their thing, right? The women were the first people to see Jesus. They were going out and telling everybody about Jesus, and the men were hiding. I don't know what that means, but you all do it. With that, what you what you will, guys? Don't be like that, sir. So, what's, what's your name? What's your name, young man? Luke. All right, Luke. Hey, hey, do you ever watch Star Wars, Luke? Do people say use the force, Luke? How many people have said that to you? There's too many the to name, right? <laughs> And you said, not this old man is sitting up here picking on me. But okay. But anyway. The women were out witnessing to Jesus and the men were locked away. And eventually Jesus tells them these three things. Peace. Then he says, peace. God's got my back and I got you. That's the direct Armenian translation. (laughs) God's got my back. I have your back. And then he tells them to receive the Holy Spirit. And these two stories and my story, I think, has interesting parallels. First, no matter how far we run, it's hard to escape the presence of God. God is right there waiting for us to be still and answer the call. God is right there with the whole mess of peace. I like that with a whole mess of peace saying, be still, stop running, chill out. Again, we'll Aramaic, I got you. Second, God has given us everything that we need to do with what he has called us to do. Whether we are a man, woman, boy, girl, we need to stop hiding behind our fears, hiding behind our biases and our insecurities and start witnessing to God's power to do God's to do God's peace and to acknowledge the transformational power of the Holy Spirit. I believe this applies not only to our individual mandate, but also to who we are as a collective body of believers. So that's one of the reasons why I'm I'm excited about this new process that we have going on with Mennonite Church USA called the journey forward where we speak to three things. You know, we we acknowledge that God invites us to experience and bear witness to the belovedness of all creation. And we yearn to know and share in the mystery of God's unending love. We confess that sin fragments our wholeness and strains our relationships with God and each other and the world. And sometimes sin manifests itself in fear. And so what is this journey forward about that, that, that I've, I'm sharing, that we as a denomination are working on? First of all, it's about following Jesus. As Anabaptists, We gather together to hear and study the word of God, the living word of God. We listen for God's call as we read scriptures together, guided by the Holy Spirit. The second thing is we want to witness to God's peace. We are called to extend God's holistic peace, proclaiming Christ's redemption for the world with our lives. Through Christ, God frees the world from sin and offers reconciliation. And I, and I believe that's a powerful call that we have as the Anabaptist faith community. And finally we want to experience transformation. The Holy Spirit dwells in and among us, transforming us to reflect God's love. And each of us has to under, have to understand what that means in our context. How do we experience transformation here? in Southern California? How do we experience transformation in Virginia or in Texas or wherever God has called us as Anabaptists to be? Since I started with the story of Jacob, I will end with Jacob. Jacob, like many of us, was living life at a frenetic pace. (laughs) He was having family issues, he was uprooted from his home, and he was on a journey that had an unknown end. But Jacob, just like us, was already blessed. I'm not saying he didn't have worries, he didn't have concerns or or other issues in his his life. He had issues. He was running from them, but he was still blessed. God had called him. Jacob was running away, but the moment that he took time to rest, the moment that he was able to sit still and breathe was the moment that he was able to receive from God. So I will leave you with this verse from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Take time to stop, wait on God, and answer the call that God has placed on your life. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the living word. And God, as we leave this place today, as we go back to our work weeks, back to our normal lives, we pray that your spirit will be breathed upon us. God, that we will have peace in knowing that we are already blessed. God, that you will give us rest when we are weary, God, you will give us the wisdom to be still so that we know that you are there, guiding us each and every step of the way on our journeys. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. We,
4: Continue in prayer. Having heard this um, really beautiful message from our executive director of Midnight Church USA about our human propensity to flee, to flee from our path, to lock ourselves away in fear. And when the disciples did that, Jesus walked right through the locked door and offered a word of peace and breathed on them the Holy Spirit so that they would be filled and empowered beyond their fear to walk through the door themselves and find again their path of transformation. So we are going to pray and we are going to invite that Holy Spirit breathed by Jesus on the disciples and breathed by Jesus on us We're going to invite that spirit to pray with us and Um, If you do have prayers um, that you would like spoken aloud, petitions, I invite you to add those to the chat box and, and I will move towards those prayers. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit of God, you who were breathed on us, you who intercede for us with sighs too deep for words. We begin our praying by sighing with you. Take in a breath and then let it out with a sigh. (sighs) Holy Spirit of God, you who are breathed on us. We pray now with words, knowing both the power of words and their limitation. And we are so very grateful that you are sighing beneath, behind, and through our words this morning. Hear now the prayers of this community, whether spoken aloud or sighed by the Spirit deeper than words. Along with Christian Peacemaker teams, we pray for the people who are still at the migrant shelter in Sonora, Mexico, across the border from Douglas, Arizona. They are losing hope that they will ever be able to request asylum in the US. They are trapped in the shelter and now they are becoming ill. Of the 12 people that are still there, four have tested positive for COVID-19 as well as one volunteer. God have mercy. For the witness of John Lewis and C.T. Vivian and their persistent activism for liberation in the face of hatred and violence and critiques that they and their comrades were too radical or moving too quickly. Oh, we give thanks for their witness. And for the witness of today's persistent activists for liberation here in Seattle, those besieged by federal forces on the streets of Portland and the many others across our nation, we give thanks for their persistent witness. For the incredible prophetic witness of Miss Major and other trans black women activists in the cause of prison abolition and liberation for all, we give thanks. And we pray, we pray for ourselves, for the courage to show up with our whole body spirit selves to stand alongside these present day prophets who are demanding an end to racist oppression, who are pointing the way towards transformation and liberation. We pray this morning for parents, for teachers, for school administrators, and for the whole network of folks trying to make the best decisions possible for the education of our kids and the well being of our whole community in a pandemic that rages on we pray for wisdom we pray for compassion we pray for equity in education we pray for stamina and strength especially for working parents and single parents for parents who have lost jobs and parents who are in danger of losing jobs for parents on the front lines of caregiving and providing essential services god have mercy on us all within our congregation we pray for our parents for our teachers for our students and all of our children god may each one experience your embracing presence holding and loving them we pray this morning for nicole and for her family as they experience shock and sorrow at the rather sudden and unexpected death of her grandmother We hold in our prayers on Elena and her family who are grieving the death of her cousin Gabriella this past week. With Joel, we give thanks for the life of his 103-year-old grandmother, Vera, for whom little Vera was named. And we hold him and his family in our hearts as they mourn her passing this week. With Samuel, we continue to pray for his dad on this long and uncertain journey of tumors and surgery and radiation and rehab and so much still unknown. Be with Samuel, Christy, Jedediah. May they feel our prayers buoying them. We hold Sarah Augustine in our minds and hearts and prayers as she continues her long path of recovery. May she know the presence of your spirit holding and healing her. And we pray for little baby Jonathan as he continues to grow in strength and ounces. We pray for Caitlin and for Zach as they all fall a little more deeply in love with one another each day. God, hasten the day when their little family can get the all's well from the doctors and go home all together. And now turning to prayers in the chats. We pray along with Melissa for Kylo, a new preemie. His great-grandmother has asked that we pray for him and especially for his parents. Along with Jennifer, we pray for her best friend, Jennifer for her daughter and her two grandchildren, pitched into homelessness last night in Portland. Oh my, pray for strength and provision for a home. With Jean, we pray for our MVS resident who's under self-quarantine for COVID-19. Oh my goodness, indeed. With Robin and Mike, we pray prayers of gratitude for their mother who died a year ago today. May she rest in peace. With David, we pray for Sabrina, Midge, Tammy, and Donnie. With Jean, we pray for her niece's partner who desires to become a pilot and for the pain he experiences as a black man living in a white world. We pray for their son who is four and light-skinned, that he will not have to navigate such an evil world as a result of the color of his skin and that our world will be transformed. With Kate and Jacob, we pray for Kate's uncle, Bob, who's in the ICU following open heart surgery with uncertain prognosis. God have mercy. Mm. With Nancy, we pray for Mennonite Central Committee, West Coast, as Nate Yoder, who's been our executive director, announced his decision to step down at the end of August to be more present with his family as his son continues to struggle with cancer. God be with them. And with Samuel, we do pray for his dad, who is starting immunotherapy on Monday. And for their family, the Dahlines, who will begin their travel back to Seattle on Friday. Our prayers go with you for safety. With Beth, we pray for H.A., that she may know she is beloved indeed. Holy Spirit of God, you who intercede with us and for us with sighs too deep for words, we're so very grateful that you sigh beneath, behind, and through our words. We thank you for the incredible privilege of being adopted into your holy family, of being called the children of God, beloveds of God, each one. Thank you for hearing our prayers for knowing our longing. Thank you for never giving up on us. Holy Spirit of God, you who were breathed on the disciples, you who are breathed on us, we close our prayer by joining our sighs again with yours. And so we take in a breath and let it out with a sigh. And all of God's people together said, Amen.
0: It's occurring to me that we should learn the sign for amen so that we can indeed indicate whatever (laughs) that sign is. I'll have to look that up for next week. We are grateful for the gifts that each of you offer to our congregation, even in this time, uh, both monetary and otherwise. And we're grateful for the means to be able to collect those offerings digitally. We bless now the work that these offerings do in supporting the ministries of our congregation, our ministries which continue and are ongoing and ever-changing. And right now, especially, we give thanks for those gifts that allow us to compensate our preachers throughout the summer, to offer them honoraria for the words that we're hearing and being inspired by throughout uh, throughout this day. And through these coming weeks, our closing song (laughs) for today is the one we were working so hard on before worship to figure out how to share with you. Uh, And Michael's going to say a few words about it, and then we'll then we'll be able to share it with all of you.
1: So I wrote this um, for the jubilee, um, fifty years anniversary, and tried to capture some of the in the lyrics some of the. uh, highlights of church for me and what church Seattle Mennonite has meant to me um, and so I think if you look at the words you might find some things that, that you can relate to um, I was just thinking about the uh, the second line conflict and sorrow help for tomorrow weddings and children and losses and pain and we were supposed to have a wedding in our family this summer uh, Nate and Rachel were going to get married and that's a loss because um, they can't do it, <laughs> or they they're not going to do it because it was wasn't a big family and friends celebration. Um, but community and um, being together and sharing, uh, holding up each other, um, is really a part of why we do church. Um, one of the, one of the parts, and so that's what this song reflects. And so what happens in the song is I'm going to sing the first verse and the second verse. Then we go into the chorus, then third verse chorus, fourth verse chorus, and the chorus goes twice. And it's all it's we're just trying something new. It's all pre-recorded. Lisa sang um, on it with me and I sang the four part harmony of the chorus. And so we'll just see if we can pull it off. So take it away.
2: justice, community service, creating a home, away from home, starting anew, helping each other, refugees in an old land, conflict and sorrow, hope for tomorrow, weddings and children, losses and pain, blessed with the skills, and gifts we've been given Jesus invites us to share sing with me share in our jubilee as we continue protest against all that's wrong, forgiveness is sound to heal rifts between us, holding each other in song. Sing with me, share in our jubilee, as we continually learn to live together open your heart to share what you can serving our neighbors at home and away hands and feet to the words that we sing sing with me share
0: a little bit short. It sounds like it was cut off a little bit short. Michael is nodding.
4: My bad. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that the audio would stop as well. Ah, oh, disappointing.
0: Um, maybe there's a way that we can share that with folks. We'll we'll investigate that with Michael. Receive this benediction as we conclude our time of worship together. May we live beyond our fear. May we be transformed, may we be compelled by the Spirit through our locked doors into the beautiful, fragile, wonderful world of our Creator onto the journey of Christ's peace. Amen. Amen.